The setting of a story gives more than physical place. It gives us a point in time. It tells the location on the stretch of road that is a life. And how can we understand a story without it? We are constantly looping back and forth, being shaped by the past, the present, and the future we can never expect. By Harper's sophomore year of college, she had lost and found love. She had gone from unassuming brown hair to eye-catching red. She had grown in the year following her breakup with Clayton, and then she had grown even more during her first year dating Owen. Those two years had given her perspective, strength, confidence, and truth. We are constantly looping back and forth, remembering our past, imagining our future, living our present, discovering truths, both old and new. And every time we complete another loop, every time we interact with or create a memory, our person is left altered, sometimes visibly, sometimes mentally, sometimes unconsciously, but different somehow, nonetheless. Episode 4, This is the Collision. The sun was drifting slowly toward the horizon as Harper and I strolled down 13th Street. We spent many evenings there, walking and talking and window shopping for hours, happy to be in each other's company. When I walked it by myself, I noticed shops and signs and people and pets, but I walked it with Harper. I could not see any of that. Instead, I saw her smile. I heard her laugh. I felt her hand in my hand. I was not overwhelmed by sights. My senses were overwhelmed by her. Perhaps that's why I didn't see him coming. Although I suppose I couldn't have been expected to see him. I didn't know him yet. Suddenly, Harper was tense. I looked down at her, concerned. She glanced up to meet my gaze, and then her eyes dropped to the ground. She began walking faster. I looked out of the bustle ahead of us, wondering what might have caused the change in behavior. After a moment, I realized someone was staring at her. He was our age. He was wearing a scarf, and he was looking at Harper as if he had seen a ghost. Uh, Harper? I began, but I was cut off. Harper! The scarf wearer shouted as he cut through the crowd to meet us. Harper muttered something under her breath that I didn't catch. I slipped my hand out of hers and wrapped my arm around her waist. I saw a smile softly out of the corner of my eye. Miss Harper Evans, as I live and breathe. His look of confusion and concern had transformed into one of exacerbated happiness. How are you, dude? I watched Harper force a smile. Clayton. She said. I never thought I'd see you here again. He shrugged. Home for a few days and then back to the big city. I'm closer than ever to being published, Harper. You'll see my name in bookstores before long. Harper's smile changed. It became sadder. Smaller and more genuine. I'm happy for you, Clayton. There was a long pause. I wonder if I should say something. Clayton cleared his throat, gestured toward me with his head, keeping his eyes on Harper. Oh, um, Clayton, this is Owen. Owen, this is Clayton. We, uh, went to high school together. Her hair wasn't red then, he said. Another long pause. The unspoken words that hung between them made the air heavy. I sensed an unsatisfied past and something about Clayton made me uncomfortable. I wasn't sure if it was because of him or with his grand manner and scarf, or if it was because of how clearly uncomfortable Harper felt. Clayton broke the silence. Where did you say you were coming from? In an attempt to give Harper a break, I answered him. We just finished up at the pizzeria. 
Martina Maria's? You should try it sometime. I added the last part before remembering that Harper had said they went to high school together. Of course, they had probably been there before. Clayton chuckled. Trust me, Owen. I've spent hours there. Harper and I used to be regulars. Another tense pause. I'm sure those folks sang for joy when I left. I ate so much of their food, and I don't think I paid full price for a single meal. My mom is the queen of coupons. He laughed again. It was much more forced. <laughs> How is your mom? Harper asked quickly. She's doing fine. He said somehow he had transformed back into the collected person who, he, who had first approached us. The young man in front of me could never have produced that forced, uncomfortable laugh from moments before. He was too malleable to have such a sharp edge. He was too much of a poet. She says she sees you at the grocery store sometimes. Harper nodded in confirmation. Clayton added, She wants me to come home. She misses you, Harper said. Mm, she wants me to give up, he retorted. She loves you, Clayton. He shrugged. I love her too, but I need to be in New York right now. You love the words more, she said. You always have. I looked at Harper and was surprised to see a small smile on her face. It was a sad smile, but it was a peaceful smile. Harper stepped away from me slightly and my arm fell from her waist. She slipped her hand into mine, squeezed it, and said, Well, it's been good to see you, Clayton. The comment surprised me because I knew she meant it. Clayton bit his lip. I could tell he was searching for something to say. I think he wanted to tell Harper she was wrong, but I wasn't sure if he could. I nodded at him and took a step to leave, just as the words finally came to him. Good to see you, too, he said. His tone was anticlimactic. It was as if he had wanted to say something profound, but couldn't. His poetic brain had been shocked and unromantic realization that someone from his past had grown and lived and changed without him. I wonder if he had expected her to still look like a high schooler. I wonder what terms they parted on. Harper stepped between Clayton and I for that strange moment between breaking apart and fitting together. That moment between realizing that Harper and Clayton probably had the ability to stand side by side without tension and understanding that they would nonetheless continue their separate lives. The moment before, Clayton placed his hand on my shoulder and made me pause in surprise. Harper's hand slipped out of mine. She kept walking, most likely assuming the crowd caused me to let go. She smiles differently now, Clayton said to me. I had to turn back to look at him in confusion, but his eyes were glued to the ground. Is she still always cold? I couldn't hold back my confused facial expression. Unfortunately, it crossed my face just as he glanced up. His eyes rushed back to the ground. I mean, she dresses pretty warmly most of the time, but no, she, ra she rarely complains of being cold, I said. He forced himself to look at me one last time. His face turned plastic with falsely bright eyes and forced smile. I suppose it's gotten warmer here since I left. I think he meant to sound like he was making a joke, but his melancholy tone betrayed his carefully sculpted and pleasant countenance. I shrugged. What else could I do? I didn't know his story. All this strange encounter had served to do was remind me of how much I had to left to learn of Harper's story. So many years without me that had shaped the girl I was falling in love with. And I suddenly had a strange mixture of desire and excitement and fear at the prospect of learning about them all. In the end, I said to Clayton, Well, I only moved here a year ago. Clayton nodded. I see. Well, it was nice to meet you, Owen. Take care of her, all right? I swallowed. It was suddenly so clear how he saw her, young and fragile, somewhere in his past. Yet the transfer of responsibility and the fact that it, isn't, it was now my responsibility in his mind to look after her. 
he showed that this image of Harper had been fractured by the idea that she had grown these past few years. She moved on, and then his brain was struggling with it. I wonder if it was because, perhaps, he hadn't changed much since moving away. Maybe his life had not made as many twists and turns and progressions as Harper had. Nice to meet you, Clayton. Will do. Owen ran to catch up with Harper and focused his attention back on her. He made a point to notice the warmth of her hand in his. He glanced at her, wanting to take in every detail of her face. The golden light of the setting sun behind them fell on her long red hair, giving it a soft glow. Harper met his gaze and smiled. Owen always loved to see her smile. It lit up her entire face and he couldn't help but smile back. Everything about this moment in time felt perfect. Owen wished it didn't have to end. He wished it could stay like this forever. Something in him told him to memorize this moment, to put this feeling in a bottle and save it. He never wanted to forget the feeling of walking this street with this girl, with this knowledge, that there was a future that included the two of them together and a past that would not change it. Meanwhile, Harper tried to forget about their conversation with Clayton, but it wasn't working. Her mind was so full that it felt like she wasn't really present anymore. Like she was watching someone else walk hand in hand with Owen and it wasn't her. Instead, she was caught in a loop between past and present, here and there, then and now. She was remembering heartache. She was realizing how much she had healed. She was wondering what her life would have looked like had Clayton never left. She was thanking the stars for sending her Owen. She was looking at a girl with brown hair who had a love for science and a false hope for a passionate future. She was looking at a girl with red hair, who had a grounded independence and a steady hand in hers. Past and present were so drastically different. Future was still unclear. Yet the longer she walked with Owen, as he gently moved his thumb back and forth over hers, she slowly felt herself being pulled back to earth. Clayton stood still in the middle of the sidewalk for several minutes, lost in thought. He had always assumed Harper's lack of warmth was innate, that she simply lacked the spark that he was born with. But maybe it's not that simple, he thought. Maybe some people get their warmth from those around them. Maybe he had never thought to share that with Harper. Was that why Owen was a better fit for her? Or maybe a passing stranger bumped into Clayton, causing him to lose his train of thought before he could come to an important realization. If he hadn't been interrupted, perhaps he would have realized that Harper wasn't actually dependent on Owen. Perhaps Clayton would have considered that she used to be cold because she didn't know how to be warm yet. That maybe the end of their relationship taught her that she needed to provide warmth for herself. 
but he didn't come to that realization. After the stranger apologized for running into him, he took a deep breath and started walking towards the setting sun. He wasn't sure where he was going, but that was okay. He would know when he got there.